Cost to Company is a podcast driven by you and made for you. The insights and thoughts that you share with us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter fuel us to get inside and demystify the Indian workplace like never before. And that's what helps us tell you what's really going on before you hear it on your own Slack channels. Going forward, we're making the sharing process easier. We've made a type form that'll be linked to the top of our show notes every week. You can drop in your story ideas, things happening at your workplace, bizarre but telling stories that happen around you. Stories only you have the vantage point of telling. It'll be confidential, it'll be safe, and it'll be one step closer for us to meet you where you are. Tell us your stories and truly become a part of the show. Again, first link in the show notes. Let's get on with the episode. In Bengal, the state where I hail from, we have a saying. It's a word actually. It's called Aschi. Aschi literally translated means I'll be there or I'm coming. But the interesting part is when we use this. We use this when we're saying goodbye, when we're leaving a place. So it automatically starts to have a different connotation. Instead of saying goodbye, we say I'll be back soon. And that's different from see you later. Because that has no definite stance to it. You'll see me, sure, but will you see me here, at the movies, on Zoom, who knows? Even aloha, the popular Hawaiian phrase, means hello and goodbye, but it's more of a greeting than a promise. In corporates too, goodbyes are pretty standard. The farewell mail, the two-pound chocolate cake, if you're lucky, the customary, please feel free to get in touch for anything Slack message. All of these things definitely have a cost attached to it. But you know what's a bigger cost? When your HR doesn't do these things. You can classify all of these things as offboarding, sure. But there's more than what meets the eye. You know, traditionally, it used to be, you know, like a, uh, you know, a, something which no one wants to really talk about, right? Like That's Karthik Mandavili. He's the CEO of Springworks, an HR solutions company, based in Bengaluru and Santa Monica. Now it has changed, you know, it's completely, completely, you know, changed. So offboarding is, as in, if not for the person who's leaving, it's, you know, important for the people who are actually in the company, right? And the second thing, um, offboarding is not really an, you know, end, right? So um, some companies have done this, uh, you know, now, and, you know, we've you know, been one of them. Startups that offboard well have an unfair advantage over those who don't. And that's a far cry from what used to happen merely a few years ago because nobody really cared too much about offboarding anyway. How has this changed? Why has this changed? How do companies look at this? From a tactical perspective, from a strategic perspective, aren't those two pretty much the same words? Almost suddenly, companies have started paying top dollar to offboard well. We'll understand how organizations are going against the grain to make sure that the employees are having a great time, not just when they join, but also when they leave. To not just say hello, but also goodbye. And that got me thinking, is offboarding becoming as important as onboarding? Let's find out. Okay. Uh, uh, let me take 10 seconds. 
Welcome to Cost to Company, a podcast about workplaces and careers by the Ken. We'll tell you how your workplace is changing before you hear it on Slack. I'm your host, Shrivar. So if you're older than me, chances are that you weren't onboarded or offboarded from your organizations. You perhaps had joining formalities and exit formalities. And see, this isn't just a change in nomenclature. It's a part of something larger. Employee Experience Management. They also have a cool abbreviation for it. EX. But before we dive deeper into EX... It's important to understand why employee experience management exists in the first place. It's to scale culture. Think about it. Onboarding and offboarding are pretty much the first and the last things that happen to you in an organization. But if we don't understand how culture, the gooey stuff that ties all of it together, has evolved over the last few years, especially in startups, we won't be able to crack why offboarding has suddenly become so important. Well, I come from Flipkart. So Flipkart, uh, right from day one, had a lot of focus on culture building. That's Arun Vigneswaran. He's the current head of people at X210X, a startup that helps other startups scale themselves and their culture subsequently, and previously looked at the center of excellence at Flipkart. Had a nice lunch, uh, had uh, like uh, rice and fish, so I'm sort of like, you know, all sorted. As you can tell, he has come prepared for a conversation and comes with truckloads of experience in the EX and company culture space. See, culture is something that we might take for granted at startups. Like from there, when I went and spoke to founders Series A, Series B, I realized uh, that's not how it is, right? Founders were like, uh, uh, hey, I know how to build the product. I know how to uh, build the business. I'm very comfortable about my business matrices, right? GMB, ARR, MRR, MAU. But but how to think about people, right? Um, it seems like a very fuzzy uh, topic where I have to uh, take some people decisions along the way and some of them go right, some of them don't go right. Um, and a lot of them are like, uh, people tell I have a toxic culture, but I have no idea how to change this, right? How to think about this. Yeah, founders may be great at solving top-of-the-funnel challenges, breaking down complex business goals into snackable objectives and key results, or sailing on a trajectory of growth. But knowing how the people in their orgs are functioning and feeling, that was a bit of an unknown unknown. And that's where employee experience management comes in. It helps you codify culture not just into lofty mission statements or Notion or Coda, but with sheer numbers, having a ENPS or a employee net promoter score helps with this. Then every quarter you sort of write down your growth goals and you write down your, write down your top five, right? And in that, people never used to figure. But now there is a, even though it's a fifth one and not the first one, but still it figures and it says that, you know, I want to take my ENPS from X to Y. ENPS stands for Employee Net Promoter Score. 
it's derived from a scale that goes from minus 100 to plus 100. And this scale has been used aggressively by Arun and his team for brands like Licious, Misho, and Practo, to name a few. These companies have different ways of how they approach onboarding and offboarding, but having a score like the NPS helps to standardize feelings and processes. So instead of saying, I'm feeling very happy today, you say, on a scale of 1 to 100, I feel like 68 on my happiness index. Right. Uh, And that's a very sharp articulation. And then after that, you have key results saying that, which means I have to fix my uh, performance system, which means I have to like have a better employee experience in terms of say my onboarding and offboarding there's a bit of also that currency building right like for example last year there are a set of founders who are putting it out on uh, twitter saying that uh, uh, you know i think uh, kunal started this kunal from credit started this thing that you know, hey my uh, enps is this i'm being told that this is what it is now what is yours right and then there are like two three of them who engaged and started the conversation so i feel even that that measurement and uh, that employee experience journey uh, measurement also has played a role. So there are these two, three things which have played a role. But definitely, I think over the last, from five years back to now, there is a lot more. It, it doesn't come as an afterthought for the founder. It's pretty much there for the founder that I need to do something about this. And different people are sort of approaching it also in different ways, uh, free. So it's not just the employee experience, but the measurement of the employee experience that matters. On a scale of 1 to 10, how is your onboarding? On a scale of 0 to 100, how is your offboarding? All this helps companies like Kunal Shah's cred. You can scale culture because you can measure it. So, I mean, there was this interesting question which the, one of the founders asked me. So, now Arun, you're telling me that, you know, this is your ENPS, this is a, this is attrition piece. Tell me, does it have an impact on my business performance? Right? Because that is the true test, right? Does EX have an impact on my business performance? So we are actually looking at that data. We still don't have that. But, you know, um, short term, maybe no. Short term, you can still afford to raise funds, hire people, fire people, you know, continue to grow. But long term, it catches up. It, it, it catches up. And the beauty about numbers is that it can be plugged into your business. It can give a snapshot of how you're doing in the short term and perhaps why you won't succeed in the long term. Founders realize that if they really want to scale, they can't ignore what people are going through, especially when they're entering and exiting an organization. See, it's not just the main course that matters, but the starters and desserts too. But you know, these are still people's processes we're speaking about. Can we really just make it all about numbers all the time? So I just had to ask Arun this. Do you think there's more feeling involved or there's more calculation involved in this? Uh, okay, that's a good question. I think there is, uh, you know, there's a mix of both involved, right? So, uh, of course, you know, everybody has in their back of mind, right? Employee experience uh, uh, has an impact on the overall business numbers, right? And and that's what also convinces uh, leaders to pick up uh, this as a metric and go after, right? So, for example, uh, as part of the work uh, I've done, and even like packet flipkart, flipkart also, I've seen that. For leaders to pick up this as a metric and then go after it, uh, it has to be uh, linked to a business goal also. That you know, hey, this this helps in achieving my business goals. So that's a bit of that, but also there is a bit of uh, you know uh, I need my people to be happy. I need my people to be uh, 
because beyond a point you know some of these things are not measurable employee experience management helps pinning down what employees are going through with the larger objectives of the org you use both numbers and feelings as arun said to help you with this it's an art and a science i mean i think of it like this culture is the operating system of an organization employee experience management is like interaction design and offboarding and onboarding which we'll be diving deeper into are user flows user journeys and once you optimize that journey get accurate numbers around those areas fix your drop offs and you'll be one step closer to achieving your business objectives i mean that's how i look at it but how does a ceo look at it i had to ask one to know so how do we treat our employees as people which means you know treating employees as a product that's karthik again whom we heard briefly at the beginning of the episode He's a CEO of Springworks and has offboarded and onboarded quite a few folks in the past few years. And literally doing the same practices which you would do with your customers, right? Right from your end. And net promoter scores to you know surveys to AMAs to you know feedback uh, to kind of you know uh, uh, um, documenting, communicating all the policy changes and things like that, right? Interesting. So Karthik looks at his employees as products. So I wanted to know how he looks at onboarding, one of the most important user flows that we just discussed. So those type of things are you know need to be done well, and uh, and that's what the employees are also looking for. You know now we've you know we've kind of reached a stage uh, where you know you you're not just looking for salary. Obviously, salary is one of the most important things, but you want to feel productive. You want to feel happy about work. Right? You want to be challenged, right? And and that's something you will only get at you know companies where the onboarding is good, right? You want to be from day one. You want to you know you want that hustle. You want to get go, right? And whatever you know that hustle and whatever that company be, right? So I think the onboarding is very very important uh, for these things. So for Karthik, onboarding is like that tone setter. the first impression the first date if your first day is awful it just sets a bad impression for the rest of your tenure there didn't get your laptop on the first day that's a bad onboarding flow did your documentation take too much time or worse did they require you to print something sign it scan it and send it back that's a horrible onboarding flow and all of that can be measured but how about offboarding now it has changed you know it's completely completely you know changed um, it's not just for the person who's leaving but it's also the for the people who are you know staying in the company right and i think it's actually more important for the people who are staying in the company right? so like a very small example is uh, you do farewell messages right um, and you know i've been you know kind of kind of criticized by some people in the company okay, why do we do farewell messages inside slack right so traditionally what would happen is uh, the employees who's leaving uh, would maybe put in an email or sometimes not do anything and will just leave the company right and no one you you know come in on a monday and i will like oh wow i used to work with this person account deactivated you know and that's it right you don't even know right and especially in a more so in remote setting because you don't see that person physically right like um, so this not connect is not at all there so here you know what we say is like let's put a farewell message starting from the manager the team members can contribute right you want to make sure the exit is good right the other people are able to appreciate you know, this person's contribution they're able to thank they're able to express their gratitude right so that's uh, you know smooth, as smooth as possible so i've been criticized because you know some people say oh no is this is actually encouraging others to quit right 
The CEO of Springworks says that he's received flack on Slack with his unusual, almost forceful style of farewell messages. But why does he do this anyway? Because he's CEO? Or is there any logic behind his conviction? But yeah, you know, as in, it needs to be done. You know, you want to make sure the person has you know, for the duration of the employment, the person contributed, you know, and did whatever you know, uh, he, he or she could have done, right? And you are appreciating that contribution. And, you know, the team members, the colleagues and all will see that and they will be really thankful, right? So offboarding is, as in, if not for the person who's leaving, it's, you know, important for the people who are actually in the company, right? And the second thing, um, offboarding is not really an you know end, right? So um, some companies have done this, uh, you know, now and you know we've you know been one of them where we've actually you know have some of our people who've left the company come in back as mentors or consultants, right? And uh, you know they're definitely good. You know we want to work with them. Um, they moved on for variety of reasons, salary, you know, maybe bigger scale, challenges, location, whatnot, right? Um, and we're like, okay, why don't you come back and mentor, you know, some of the people? Uh, why don't you help us on the knowledge transition? Karthik offers interesting insights here. The first one being that smooth offboarding isn't just done for the ones leaving, but the ones who are staying on. So rather than just a checklist in the employee experience, he views offboarding as a tactical retention strategy. He uses offboarding as a way to tell the current employees, the ones who haven't left, that you're appreciated, you're well-loved, and you're doing great. Thumbs up. And that's not all. He uses offboarding as a two-pronged strategy. The second one being getting the same people that have left the company as mentors and consultants. They're familiar with the culture, something we spoke about a few minutes ago. And they have an understanding of how things go around here. But wait, why would ex-employees want to do this though? Because they would want to see their things, you know, come to a you know good end. They would want to, you know, have uh, their you know projects or whatever, you know, uh, be it technical, non-technical, kind of reach to a conclusion or get bigger, right? Because they are going to look better, right? You know, if this company does well, if their projects do well, they also look better, right? And you know, you can work out a whatever financial you know uh, angle to it, and. You know, that's what you know we do and it really works well we've had some very good success uh, you know in terms of these mentors they understand about our company they understand about the projects they understand the end-to-end you know things and they are you know willing to help they already know the culture so. again tactical advantage why go through the pain of hiring more resources when you can just train your ex-employees to be mentors and consultants The closest example I can think of this was when MS Dhoni was hired as a mentor for the Indian cricket team during the T20 World Cup last year. I mean, it's a separate conversation altogether that didn't really work out. But would he have come on board if they didn't treat him well when he was leaving? Perhaps not. Hey, this is Srivar here, just popping in here to say that if you've been enjoying Cost to Company and what we aim to bring you every week... Give us a 5-star rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us make more episodes for you. Back to the show. So for Karthik, onboarding and offboarding aren't just independent levers or flows that have a life of its own, but can have a lot of positive effects if used tactically. It can be reducing attrition, 
increasing brand love or increasing employee morale for the ones who are in the company. This sounds great, but I wanted to understand how other companies look at offboarding. So I asked Arun from Extra10x. In startups are also sort of uh, you know putting this in place. Things like uh, um, the entire HR experience piece, HR chat services or operations piece, which is like SLAs. And ensuring that everything happens within time, right? Which is like your exit letter goes in time, your FNF, the full and final settlement happens on time. As soon as the exit is raised, uh, there is a manager or there's a business partner, HR business partner who comes have a chat with you. Now, this may sound very simple and you know, it should happen, but it doesn't happen in a lot of places, right? Arun mentions that the first layer of offboarding that the companies are trying to solve are the basic things like getting your salary slips on time, getting your FNF statement, your baseline. Your baseline should be correct. Once that's sorted... Even beyond that, just to make this experience very sweet, companies are going beyond. Uh, so one, I've heard of uh, uh, an insight which sort of you know uh, stood with me. And in fact, we also do it at X2 10X is plan this beforehand, which is... Have a three to six month roadmap to redundant roles and then start uh, having that conversation even then itself. So then it's not a pink slick conversation. It's more that, you know, hey, I see that your role is going towards this. It's better that, you know, you uh, maybe start uh, thinking of uh, looking out and you can have lighter OKR for the next two quarters. It's okay. And we are giving you so much time, right, to get a uh, right opportunity. It starts. So that apparently helps. So this is interesting, right? With offboarding becoming more common than usual, especially because of COVID, companies can do a preemptive offboarding where they tell their employees in advance that their journey might be coming to an end. I was speaking to this um, e-commerce unicorn. Around 2,000, 3,000 people strong. They've gone through a couple of cycles. And this is what I heard. I was actually speaking to a practitioner there and he was telling me that giving this time frame ensures that that entire angst is removed. The person gets the, you know, uh, time frame. And then there is no thing about like, you know, uh, you know, the news coming up and then a lot of people going to Glassdoor, going to LinkedIn saying that, you know, hey, this is the way I was done. This was shocking and so on and so forth. Right? It's like an amicable breakup, right? If you start getting the signals in advance, the day of dumping doesn't come as a shocker. But that's not the only way companies are offboarding now. There's outplacement too. So outplacement is where uh, you help people find a job. Because now look, there are two ways this attrition can happen, right? Uh, and I, I can even talk about uh, like examples of having done it in extra 10x. Um, one is, look, it's a business reality and we have to say shut down this particular team, right? Now, we know for a fact that the people over there are great. They have put the right inputs, but the outcome did not come because of, say, how the situation is or overall as the industry is how it is. And then through the networks uh, we have, we have placed people in um, leadership roles in, you know, uh, companies known for great culture, right? Like unicorns. Uh, of course, I don't want to, uh, you know, share names uh, in the interest of anonymity but um, that has helped and which means like some of those people continue to partner with us as gig workers right 
so that exit was very smooth it was not that in a hey you you closed for no fault of mine i was let go etc it was more that hey uh, yeah i understand now i am in a place which i enjoy i come back to extra 10x to help you with some of these aspects which uh, keep coming up right and this is where the worlds of arun and karthik collide in their own seemingly divergent ways arun and karthik are strategically trying to offboard to onboard in a market that's filled with a lot of good talent but not a lot of great talent they know the value of keeping the ones that truly matter somehow attached to the workforce be it through mentorship consultants or outplacements for some a new journey with the employer begins when the full time employment with them ends karthik the ceo may be mocked for his slack skills but he still gets mentors and consultants for the incumbent teams and while arun as head of people practice at extra10x might have difficult conversations around pre-planned offboarding but he still manages to get his ex employees as gig workers in the same organization okay but here's another thing that's affecting offboarding these days social media by now i'm pretty sure you've read posts of people on linkedin saying had a great time at xyz where i made so many new friends and worked on such interesting problems can't wait to share the next challenge that awaits i just made that up but you get the gist employers are taking notice because they kind of have to here's karthik again we definitely request you know we put it in our offboarding if you had a good experience would love to you know uh, have a review on glassdoor or whatever linkedin right um, i think linkedin is way more powerful and say if the person has done that after offboarding as an after receiving the full and final settlement where the person has nothing to do with the company anymore there's literally no ties nothing right then i think it's a very positive sign right and that's more from a social media you know uh, public angle but there are you know other aspects right which is reference right and we've had that multiple times right the person quitting going to another company you know the tech industry you know especially in india is very very small right like each person knows at least 25 other people right like so you if you had a good experience you would refer right and i think that's that's a great positive sign right and that's something very hard to measure right because sometimes the referrals don't come with you know the uh, source right but you will kind of see oh no i was told by this person who worked with you you know earlier that you know it's a great place uh, you know that's why i applied right so you keep getting that so i think that's a, that's a, another positive sign so it actually reduces your cost of hiring right uh, more than anything else right? and i think that's that's really really helpful uh, you know in today's market where it's you know it's increasingly harder to hire referrals although difficult to attribute are yet another strategic advantage of offboarding well but it's not always sunshine and rainbows in a market where it's hard to hire there are bound to be failures in the offboarding process so i asked karthik and the team at springworks if they faced any problems Yeah I think there's definitely a lot of improvement uh, you know things like this 30 days after the last working day is something we've tried what I would like to try uh, you know uh, in the future is uh, like 
really getting to the reason uh, why did this person leave right okay salary you know is a reason but how did that start when did that start right when did you start looking you know could the company have done something different uh, you know uh, to kind of retain right uh, and if it's a person you want to retain right so um, so i think kind of getting to that core is not easy and it's almost like a therapist you know psychologist call right like you keep asking why right why when right and the first answer is never the answer you want right this is third or the fourth answer right yes everyone will say salary but we were just not sitting at you know at work and you suddenly got a 50% offer right you probably were looking for a long time right very few people take the first offer they get right most people are interviewing for you know for quite a bit of time and you probably made up your mind before even starting to interview and updating your resume or what not right so when did that start right what was the trigger how could that have been prevented right so uh, definitely that is one um exit interviews are a gold mine of data points that can be plugged back into the employee experience management something that we spoke about in the beginning of the episode as an employer you can either treat the interview as a formality or as an opportunity to optimize your enps karthik's also not satisfied with the way referrals are done in his company second is uh, you know again uh, leveraging the people who have left the company as you said brand ambassadors right for employee you know recruiting right so referrals is like right now it's very organic you know i've quit the company someone comes to you is like i am looking for a job where should i apply right we'll say hey you should apply for springworks that have a good experience right but you can do so much more uh, than that right um, plugging to their talent you know reaching out to them or oh, we have an opening can you post about it right can you share it with your friends right or can you you know um, there are tools i think uh, this new company kula or something uh, where you could actually plug into their linkedin network and gmail network right to find other relevant people so if you are if you are able to leverage their network and uh, you know their community uh, from a recruiting perspective it's very very useful and we have not really done that it's all you know mostly organic uh, so i think there's a lot which can be done um, and that will really you know cut down your recruiting cost personal brands have become behemoths of their own that most people now are encouraged to have so now companies are thinking why not leverage this too it reduces your cost of hiring significantly because of how targeted your messages can be especially on linkedin once you start offboarding at scale companies can tap into rich alumni networks is what i thought so uh, in startups uh, uh, to be honest i have not seen you know great examples of such a network being run uh, professionally and well right i know big companies some of them do it but at uh, you know in among startups uh, I, i'm not sure i mean i know there have been attempts uh, to do something like this but uh, um you know how effective has it been uh, not sure arun mentions that very few companies have had success with alumni networks for the network effect to come into play you need to have a minimum critical mass something that's difficult for startups that have just started out Karthik mentioned this in passing too that they tried to create a ex Springworks community on Slack, but it didn't really take off because no one really cared after a while. There was only one thing that was left on my plate to ask. And do you think uh, offboarding is the new onboarding? It looks like uh, that is the case, uh, right? Uh, it looks like. Uh, 
uh, offboarding is the new onboarding tree with whatever is going on now that seems to be the case and all the companies seem to be moving towards that and early adopters seem to be having a distinct advantage in how they manage these cycles of you know growth and degrowth which seems to have become the new normal right in today's uh, times i asked the same question to karthik yeah so i would not go as far as saying you know onboarding is the onboarding i think onboarding is still uh, uh, as in in terms of importance onboarding is way more important uh, uh, but i think offboarding is now has become a practice um, you know right from uh, you know as in how do you do the exit you know from a goodwill perspective what do you do after the exit if we just measure the roi right and roi the onboarding is a lot higher uh, from a, uh, you know as in uh, from compared to offboarding right which is a return on time invested right return time invested is your processes tools whatever it is right so the roi on a onboarding person will be a lot more while karthik and arun might not see eye to eye on whether offboarding is the new onboarding both realize that having a smooth offboarding process is an unfair advantage you get over others in a brutal talent market more than goodwill and brand equity it's a tactical move that helps you save big bucks by reducing your stress on hiring and reducing attrition too if your culture is scaled your metrics on employee experience is measurable and your offboarding is seamless you'll not just have ex employees but brand ambassadors so look around you the ones who are leaving your organization or in process of leaving they'll be back very soon in some shape or form anyway or as we in bengal say amiyaschi this was a podcast from the ken this episode of cost to company was written hosted and produced by shrivar chotaria with audio engineering by rajiv cn If you have thoughts or feelings or episode ideas write to us at podcasts@the-ken.com If you liked the podcast and want to know more follow the Ken web on Twitter Instagram and LinkedIn I'm Sneha Vakaria and next week we're going to talk about unlimited leaves Businesses all over the world are responding to the great resignation by offering up a bunch of benefits including unlimited leaves the freedom to take as many leaves as you need for as long as you need and early adopters have found a baffling trend with the introduction of limitless leaves the number of leaves taken is actually going down people who have the option of resting more are resting even less why what's broken and what's really going on here We'll unpack this mystery and introduce you to new ones. See you next week on Cost to Company.